love, kindness, human connection. These are some of the things we talk about on the Danny Painter Show. It's a thing. This show is intended for a more mature audience. We might sometimes say bad words. That for me seems like a little bit of an oxymoron because is it your job as a pharmacist to push the drugs? Okay. If I told you that more than 50% of all medicines on the market today originated from plants, it would be quite surprising. I would believe you. It's true. Um, Your most powerful painkiller, morphine, comes originated from the opium poppy. Um, Disprin or aspirin comes from uh, the white willow bark. Um, uh, Many antibiotics are fermentation byproducts from uh, a fungus. Um, Most of your powerful anti-cancer medicines come from the Amazon jungle um, uh, and other plants where plants are investigated for medicinal use. So in the same way as for example, avionics and flights learn from the aerodynamics of bees and their wings, and then we mimic it into airplanes and that sort of thing. We similarly learn from um, nature when it comes to the development of medicines. So medicines actually originated um, much more than 50% originate from plants, in fact. So wow. it's, it's actually the perfect thing for a pharmacist to be, to be, to be involved in. I, I I can see this. So so wait, hold on. I just I just want to reiterate this. So my medicine garden that I've planted with my like lamb's ear and like all of this all of the stuff that I've planted because I believe in it. When my mother says that I'm a hippie, I can tell her that Brent Murphy says that I'm actually right. Yeah, absolutely. There's actually there's actually also an important difference between conventional medicine and and natural medicine. So I am a pharmacist and I love conventional medicine. It's my it's it's in a sense my first love. That's what I went to university and studied. So and there's and and there's nothing better than a powerful antibiotic to kill a severe and, and there's nothing more important than an, than an anti-inflammatory if you have a severe debilitating backache. So um so I understand there certainly is a place for pharmaceutical medicines. But Natural medicines work differently and in some way better than conventional medicines. So how I, how I describe it is conventional pharmaceuticals are developed by man to do a very specific thing. So yeah. man will say, uh, we need to reduce the level of this inflammatory um, uh, hormone. Let's develop a chemical that will do that. And they will develop a knife edge specific chemical that will bring down that anti-inflammatory. And therein lies its potency, but therein also lies its downfall because for example let's say you've got heart disease heart disease is a disease of high cholesterol high blood pressure a weak heart a fatty liver a inelastic blood vessels that don't like to 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 be elastic and if we treat it with a pharmaceutical we normally treating it with a knife edge specific thing that only maybe lowers blood pressure and reduces cholesterol yeah the disease is not blood pressure and cholesterol. Disease is all those other things that went hand in hand with that. Now, because natural medicines aren't developed by humans, natural medicines occur in nature, they don't do just one thing only because they haven't been specifically developed to do that. So they tend to do many things. So if you take a simple thing like an omega-3 fish oil, omega-3 fish oils bring down cholesterol, they bring down total fats, they make the, they, because they're an oil, they make the blood vessels more elastic. They strengthen the beat of the heart. They help stop inflammation of the liver that, that releases chemicals that damage blood vessels and damage the heart. Wow. So here you have a natural medicine, an omega-3 fat, let's say from, from krill oil or from fish oil, that is working holistically to treat the underlying cause of the problem. In other words, all the different things that cause the problem of heart disease. And therein lies the beauty of natural medicines. They work at the underlying cause. So if it's depression and anxiety, for example, which we're going to touch on later, they're not just numbing the brain's uh, uh, brain waves like alcohol might, so that you're now not anxious because you've been kicked into submission. Instead, they're working at balancing the underlying imbalance of brain hormones, maybe too little of a stress-relieving brain hormone, too much of a stress-inducing brain hormone, and work at the underlying cause, because that's how natural medicines work. And they also have fewer side effects. So for example, let's say we're talking about a pharmaceutical antidepressant. It's got side effects of reduced sexual function. It's got side effects of of possible weight gain. Um, And the natural medicines used for depression, although not as powerful and as potent, 
have none. Don't have any of those side effects. Mm-hmm. Now, people might say, oh, but we want something powerful and potent. Well, you don't really want something powerful and potent if something gentle will do. Yeah. And I give the example, imagine that your problem is, it's a thought experiment. Imagine your problem is you have a fly on your wall and you want to kill the fly. That's your problem. And you've got two choices. You've got a fly swatter or you've got a cannonball that you can shoot at the fly. <laughs> you hit the fly with the cannonball and with the fly swatter. Is your solution any better? Is the fly any more dead in the case of the cannonball or is the fly dead in both cases? Both cases. It's dead in both cases, even though you use the milder option. Tell me about the wall. Tell me about your property. I know, it's is fucked the now. It, the, the, the fly swatter's done no damage. The cannonball's destroyed your home. It yeah. caused side effects but yet was no more effective at killing the fly. So the same with natural medicines. The natural medicines are like the fly swatter. They're gentler, they're mild, they're effective. They do the job in your brain of killing the fly, of treating the depression or relieving anxiety, but they don't cause the side effects, the damage, the the possible um, harm to receptors in the brain or the possible weight gain or, or, or reduced sexual function. So that's the other thing I like about natural medicines. Working at the underlying cause, treating a problem from many different angles Mm -hmm. and no side effects not no side effects i mean sometimes there certainly are side effects yeah Uh, but but natural medicines generally have fewer side effects and what we talk about natural medicines natural medicines are things from nature so they can be foods they can be vitamins they can be minerals they can be herbal extracts they can be amino acids they can be proteins i mean the father of modern medicine hippocrates um he said that food be your medicine and medicine be your food. And what it's basically saying is that your body is an amazing doctor if you give it the right medicine to do its job. You don't know how to heal a wound on your skin. You don't know how to mend a broken bone, but your body does it without you knowing how. It's immensely wise as long as you give it the tools, the medicines. So many of those medicines come from food. So I'm currently reading a book, uh, Let Food Be Thy Medicine or Food is Medicine. Um, great, great book. I'll put a link to it in the in the in the description. But it's it's led me I've always been on a more naturalistic path. I I just it's just how my family has been. But when I speak of these things to friends of mine who I've known my whole life, same background, same vibe, there is an inherent mistrust of natural versus medical right and i'm the complete opposite i have my mistrust lies with the more medical side um and my trust is in nature why do you think that people are inherently mistrusting of a homeopathic or a herb or a a tea or a salve as opposed to an antibiotic or a tablet that you get otc in a box okay so in some ways Natural medicine manufacturers can be their own worst enemy Mm. in the sense that at the moment and up until present, the natural medicines industry is not regulated. In fact, it's it's slightly regulated, but very poorly regulated, which means that some products and some companies make false claims. And I think therein lies the mistrust. When you get false claims of effectiveness that one thing can do everything from curing heart disease, diabetes, um, HIV, cancer, COVID, um, in any number, when you get these, these, these claims that are over the top and which are not based in good science, they might be based in an anecdotal, one person say so, it might be based on one animal study where there are other human studies that, con- that contradict that. So you might cherry pick articles. And then sometimes, sometimes, it's not often, but sometimes, coupled with false claims of safety, 100% safe. I mean, not everything, not, I mean, your most poisonous poisonous poisons um, are are natural. In fact, some of those Amazon drugs that are medicines that are developed for anti-cancer are actually very powerful poisons. They're just used in such tiny amounts that the only thing they kill are the cancer cells and not the human cells. But make no mistake, they are used in millionths of one gram. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you were to take one gram, it could kill you. So natural medicines aren't necessarily safe. So I think oftentimes what you get, or occasionally what you get, are false claims. And this drives, with legitimacy, it drives the perception that these are hocus pocus, um, um, woo-woo medicines. And sometimes what happens, in fact, one of the, I started a a natural medicines uh, uh, company with my two partners, 
20 years ago, we started a company called Solal Technologies. It was, I think, way back in 1999, I think it was. Wow. And developed a total of over 250 products. The reason for our success was that we recognized that in South Africa, there are products that are making false claims and importantly also putting in sub-therapeutic doses. You know, if one gram of vitamin C is the dose that you need for healthy skin, don't put in the one twentieth of that dose. That is the dose you need for preventing scurvy. That's the dose for preventing scurvy, but that's not the dose for your skin. But what what, what sometimes happens is people putting in minute doses and claiming the effect oh. for the high and and that and then that is why often the good products cost more. I mean, one of the criticisms we got is, well, why is subtle so expensive? And I say, and I always tell people, you get what you pay for. You're getting the therapeutic dose of an effective form of a concentrated form that is pure, that is not going to become unstable. Um, and 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 that's what you, and unfortunately that does cost more. I mean, um, you know, but natural medicines, if it sounds too good to be true, it, it is too good to be true. So I think that's the that's the rationale behind where there has been mistrust. And it really is, a, it is on the industry and on the regulator to ensure that that trust is entrenched to uh, by bringing appropriate regulation. And I mean appropriate regulation. The regulation mustn't be over the top that it drives prices through the roof. Um, for example, you don't need to have pharmaceutical uh, injection regulations imposed on a herbal tea because an injection has to be sterile. It's injected straight into your whereas a herbal tea doesn't have to be sterile because it's put into boiling water and the yeah. boiling water is going to sterilize the herbal tea so you put that level of regulation onto natural medicines you're going to price them right out of the water and it's not needed but certainly regulation is needed in terms of appropriate substances making sure the dose is adequate and that the uh, the claims of effectiveness and safety and I think that's been part of the subtle success. I, I see, I see I just, my internet. You're back. Could, could you get all of that? Am I back? How, where did I disappear? You're back. I'm sorry. Um, you, can you pick it up from the, the herbal tea um, injection part, please? And okay. thank you. So, sorry. Okay. So long story short, we need appropriate regulations, but we need regulations in the area of making sure that the claims are truthful in terms of uh, um, uh, effectiveness and safety. We don't need to, for example, have regulations that are over the top that will increase price of products unnecessarily. Mm. For example, a sterile product, an injection that you inject into the body, we mustn't have that level of, of quality imposed on, for example, a herbal tea medicine, because an injected product's going to be, got to be sterile, it's going right into your body. Whereas a herbal tea doesn't have to be sterile because it's going to be sterilized by the boiling water. Mm. So don't, the regulations must understand the specificity of what medicine you're dealing with. And in that sense, we don't want it to be that onerous because the, pro- the herbal teas will then cost fortunes and fortunes of money. But similarly, we do need to, to in, in ensure there's appropriate regulations for making uh, truthful claims of, of effectiveness and of safety. You brought up the costs, right? And, and, and I think what we need to understand is it's going to cost you either way, right? So when I, when I head to the, the, the health aisle at, at Dischem and I head to Solal and I go to the teas and I look for the things that I know are going to take longer to fix me, but they're going to fix me better and without the risk, right? The, the cost in that is the amount that I'm paying to get that product to help yeah. me. Whereas if I stood in the line at the pharmacy or I went to the doctor and I'm not knocking medicine at all, it has its place in the world. But the cost in, in the thing that I'm getting from the doctor could have, could be side effects, could be long-term addictions, could be, there are many mitigating factors here. And I think you need to weigh what cost it's about perception, right? And perspective, what, what, which cost works better for you you want to get yeah. better you want to be good you want to be well you want to be healthy mentally physically physiologically all of it or yeah. you want to get better quickly but there might be a cost yeah. and i think also just just to bring this up like in my age group 36 and up we're, we're dealing with a lot of um 
traumas and depression and things. The world is not great at the moment. And a lot of my friends are currently on um, anti-anxiety and, and depression medicine, right? Yeah. And inherently within the group of friends, there have been a lot more divorces. We're in a lot more counseling because sex drives are now gone, gone, out the window, gone. So there's no intimacy. There's no connection, right? We're feeling okay, but the relationship is suffering. So therefore that's a cost. And I think you really need to research what you're putting in your body at all times, Absolutely. whether it's from your garden, whether it's from the outlet disc came or whether it's from right. your doctor, you right. should be reading, you should be researching, but on on this i i i mean if i open my medicine cupboard i have salal like all of it and i really genuinely believe in the product and i just also wanted to say thank you to you and your team for doing this because back back before you were there there was nothing for us that didn't trust the medical industry right yeah. and yeah. we were just we were going to homeopaths and we were going to health shops and just kind of figuring it out and mixing the things ourselves and not doing a very good job but talking about depression and anxiety, we are in 2021 when we're recording this and the world has kind of fallen apart. We're getting back together. People have lost jobs, lives, everything. Everyone is depressed. Everyone is anxious to some degree, to some level. We have been torn apart from our communities. Human connection is now gone, which is the one thing we need in order to be good. We thrive on connection and community. We don't have that anymore. A lot of people are being triggered by everything they see on social media. Now, I know you are not a psychologist, psychiatrist, but you are very well versed in in the 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 what happens in the body because you're treating that right with medicine. So what is happening in our body when we're feeling anxious or depressed? And 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 what how can we identify what that is in order to treat that properly? Okay, so it all starts with one thing only, not only, it all starts with one thing mainly, and that is a stress hormone called cortisol. Cortisol, okay, so cortisol is our enemy when it comes to the effects of stress on our body. So understand stress is the external um, uh, 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 influence. It can be the financial problems, it can be your health problems, it can be the, 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 the health of a parent or a loved one, it could the work issues that's the stress how you react to the stress is what then results in things like anxiety worry panic insomnia irregular sleep uh, depression um so it's the body's response to the stress that causes the problem and that response is triggered by the stress hormone cortisol Okay. Cortisol is a very powerful hormone. It's a very important hormone because it prepares us for fight or for flight. It gets our heart rate going, gets our blood pressure up. It gets us, along with adrenaline, it gets the muscles, of the, adrenaline is a second stress hormone. It gets the muscles ready to, to, to work. But from an evolutionary point of view, we were only ever designed to experience that stress hormone for short periods of time because it can damage our body for long periods of time. So I give an example of imagine millions, thousands of years ago when we were cavemen and a lion was attacking us. Our body would release stress hormone because one of three things was going to happen. You were either going to take on that lion and kill it. You were either going to successfully run away from the lion and get a tree or the lion was going to kill you and eat you. One of those three things is going to happen, but you can be pretty sure that within 10 minutes, one of those things would happen. So it doesn't matter that you've got huge amounts of a stress hormone for 10 minutes in your body. If it's the thing that's going to save you, so what? The problem is, you're still reacting with modern day stresses as if we are being chased by a lion. Wow. Okay. The reaction is the same, but instead of the stress hormone being released for only 10 minutes, it's being released continuously. And this stress hormone causes a number of problems. Aside from the fact that it just hinders your ability to fall asleep and causes anxiety and panic. Cortisol, if continuously uh, released, causes weight gain, water retention, poor skin condition, reduced immune function. Um, with prolonged use, that with prolonged exposure, that reduced immune function can result in three of the biggest killers of South Africans. Diabetes, heart attacks, and, 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 and cancer, because these are all driven by, by too much of the stress hormone cortisol. 
and the inflammation that's associated with it. And in fact, this is a study out of the United States, not in South Africa, that 75% of doctors' visits um, and, and problems that are reported in the doctors' rooms in the United States, health problems originate from stress. So it's a sign that stress actually is a, 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 an original causative factor of many diseases, ranging from the biggest killers of Africans, depression, anxiety, insomnia. Now, the reason it's so, that insomnia or difficulty sleeping is so important is that lack of sleep causes more, more cortisol to be released. Oh. And you're then getting a double whammy. So firstly, stress is causing cortisol to be released. And the, um, sorry, you're still hearing, see me all right. You just, you yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, you're, you're calling me out on all of this. I know. I'm, 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 Bob smacked about cortisol and this is, and I've been doing this for 25 years. So, uh, so cortisol, anxiety causes, which is worry and panic, causes cortisol to be released. Cortisol causes your body to not, to, to get anxious and not be able to sleep. Lack of sleep causes more cortisol to be released, which means you're not getting any sleep. You're waking up the next day, but now your body hasn't recuperated overnight and you have less resistance to stress the next day because of lack of sleep, more cortisol, more lack of sleep. And it's a vicious circle. And the reason lack of sleep and cortisol is so important is that your body needs to release something called growth hormone while you sleep. Growth hormone is the opposite of cortisol. Where cortisol is a breaking down hormone, breaks down mass, breaks down your skin, breaks down your immune system, causes harm to internal organs. Uh, growth hormone is a healing hormone. It heals skin, heals hair, improves skin condition, improves heart health, heals internal organs, um, rejuvenates the mind, the brain. But growth hormone is only released to, uh, in, in secreted really twice. It's secreted after exercise, one of the reasons why exercise is so good. And it's secreted when, when you sleep at night. If you and, and it cannot, does not get secreted well if there's high cortisol, because high cortisol blocks growth hormone release. So that is why getting adequate sleep is so important because not only is your cortisol down to not cause the damage, but that low level of cortisol allows the growth hormone to go up so that you can heal. And if the cortisol stays high, you're not going to heal. It's, it's also, have you ever, have you ever, now remember I'm telling you that cortisol is a stress hormone that wakes you up. Have you ever might be tired at like, I don't know, nine or 10 at night and you're ready to go to bed, but you don't. You don't go to bed. Instead, you force yourself to be awake. And now 20 minutes later, you're not tired anymore. Yes. You're overtired. You are, that, that's a warning sign. Because what happened there is that the cortisol was going down, down, down throughout the day. Cortisol wakes you up in the morning and it goes down, 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 down throughout the day. And until about like nine or 10 o'clock at night, it's low and you feel sleepy. Growth hormone's ready to be released. You feel sleepy, you're supposed to go to sleep. Go to but you don't allow your body to go. If you don't allow your body to go to sleep, another blip of cortisol. Oh. An unnatural second blip of cortisol happens at nighttime, wakes you up, and now you haven't had the opportunity to have that growth hormone for a longer period of time. And that is why getting to bed at, at, at night earlier rather than later is so important, because you've reduced the chance of having the second blip of cortisol. And it's resulted in the saying that is, Every one hour of sleep before midnight is equal in therapeutic value to two hours of sleep after midnight. Basically just explaining the fact that, that, that before midnight sleep is so precious for your health because that's when you're going to not, not make sure you're not getting that second blip of cortisol and you're going to get that healing growth hormone through, through, throughout the night. So one of the most important things just for anxiety is, and, and, for, and for stress management is getting enough sleep and preferably getting early sleep. And it's also another example why exercise is so important because also after exercise you can get this growth hormone release okay like okay okay whoa hold whoa whoa so essentially what you've just told me is that i'm in trouble because i am all of the things that you just said but how so like okay so the first thing that came into my head was right how do i switch the cortisol off I know that that's impossible, but very like... No, it's not impossible. It's actually not impossible. That's a very good question. But yes, keep going. Okay, so the first thing that came into my head as you were talking was, I'm fucked. How do I switch the cortisol off? Because I need that off then. Clearly, yes. clearly I do. But then also, yeah, this is all great. I'm sitting, I'm listening to you. I'm getting shocked, more shocked and sh more shocked. And I'm going, this is everyone I know. This is me. This is my mom. This is everyone. 
Well, how, where do we even start? I mean, yes, in theory, going to bed earlier, but I work until 11 p.m. So early for me is half 11. You know, where do we even begin in 2021? We're not fighting lions. We're fighting hustle. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so there's two things I really want to focus on um, in terms of what you can do. So, um, so the first thing is I'll focus on how you can bring cortisol down. And the second thing is how you can get best quality from sleep. Okay. Um, if, if you are going to go to sleep late or you are still going to only have five hours of sleep, how can you make that sleep count in terms of growth hormone release, in terms of healing, in, and, 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 and then generally how throughout the day can one reduce cortisol levels? Okay. Okay. So there were there there have been two herbs that have been um, been studied extensively for the effect of bringing down cortisol as a response to stress. The the category of those herbs are called adaptogens. Adaptogens are any herb of which there are many. There are uh, are herbs that can bring down cortisol during high stress environments. Now the two that I think are the most effective for that and have the most research. Um, is a, an ancient Indian herb called ashwagandha mm-hmm. and, a, and, and a herb that actually comes out of Russia called um, the Arctic rose root, also known as rhodiola. Rhodiola. Yeah. Yes, rhodiola. So those two are lovely anti-stress herbs. Not, And here's an example of a natural medicine working at the cause, because unlike alcohol, which is also an anti-stress substance, which numbs the interpretation of stress in the brain, but does nothing to bring that cortisol under control, which is actually damaging you, causing a heart attack, causing all those different problems. Ashwagandha and rhodiola combined bring cortisol down. So it's one of our one of our most successful products. It's actually a product called Stress Damage Control. And, and I've, we've included the name damage in the name because we didn't want to say stress control because that means it's just working on the effects of stress, but that it's actually reducing the damage that cortisol causes from to stress. So it's called called stress damage control. And um, okay, <laughs> and it contains the rhodiola and ashwagandha. Now that is what I say. Somebody, everybody should be taking, even people who think and who do handle stress well, mm. because you do get the types that say. I thrive on stress, I handle stress, I get high on stress, I love stress, stress is no problem. If you are saying that, guess what it means? It means you have high levels of cortisol because cortisol is the hormone that allows you to deal uh, do things under stress. Yeah. If you are handling it, what you're really saying is, I feel great on cortisol, I can handle it, I hope I'm not gonna get a heart attack or a stroke from all the side effects of cortisol. <laughs> I hope I'm not going to put on weight from the cortisol. I hope my hair is not going to fall out. I hope I'm not going to get blotchy thin skin. Um, I hope I'm not going to one day get cancer from the remo- reduced immune system. But I handle stress well. So it's not a badge of honor to wear that you handle stress well if you understand the underlying damage that that, that, that cortisol hormone is causing to your body. So stress damage control is really for, for use by everybody who's, who's experiencing stress, whether you're handling it well or not handling it well. So that's the first thing, boom. The second thing is, let's look at sleep. When you sleep, you can have a very superficial sleep or you can have deep sleep. Sleep actually has got different levels. I think it's five different levels. Um, The deeper the sleep, the more healing it is for you. And it's one of the reasons why prescription sleeping tablets aren't the best thing to be taking because they maintain you just at like level three. So you don't go through all the different levels needed for psychological healing and for deep healing and for growth hormone release. So there's an architecture to sleep. And the better your sleep architecture, the less sleep you need to be therapeutically rejuvenated. Oh, so oh. if you have good quality sleep, you can get by with five hours of sleep. If you don't get good quality sleep, five hours is not enough, even though you had five hours. Now, they've looked at two amino acids. Amino acids are types of protein that uh, that affect quality of sleep. The one amino acid is called theanine, and you find it in green tea, interestingly. And what they find that theanine does is it promotes healthy brain waves, waves that promote restorative sleep while you sleep. These these healthy brain waves also help treat anxiety. So it's one of the reasons why you could take a cup of green tea before bed at night uh, to help you sleep and to help relieve anxiety. The only thing to bear in mind is green tea can also be full of caffeine. Now, caffeine does the opposite. Caffeine raises cortisol. So if you are going to try green tea, make sure it is the caffeine-free 
version, as a okay. caffeine-free version of green tea, and you can try that at night. The second thing is an amino acid called glycine. Now, glycine, you're not going to find in any particular food in high quantities. It is in food, but glycine have done they've done studies that show that glycine shortens the amount of time of sleep you need to be fully restored the next morning. So it doesn't really make you fall asleep. Theanine can, but glycine doesn't. But it might, while you're sleeping, it's going to improve the quality of your sleep so that you wake up refreshed and better able to cope with stress the next morning. And then the third thing that helps is a mineral called magnesium. Mm. So magnesium you find in, in nuts and in seeds, for example. Um, and magnesium also helps you um, fall asleep, stay asleep. It also promotes calm. Um, it also opposes cortisol. Now, all forms of magnesium will do this, but forms that enter the brain better are more effective at doing it. So there's a there's actually a form of magnesium that's bound to that glycine that I told you about called magnesium glycinate. Magnesium is always bound to something. Magnesium oxide, magnesium carbonate, magnesium amino acid chelate. Magnesium is a metal, so you're never going to eat it in that shiny metal form. It's always bound into a salt. And the, the one that enters the brain very effectively is called magnesium glycinate. So what we've done is we thought, hang on a sec, let's combine all three into one product, into a sachet. You can't put it into a capsule, because remember I told you about this minimum doses? You could never fit them in the two grams of glycine that you need. A capsule, you'd need four capsules just of glycine. So what we've done is we've taken the glycine, we've taken the theanine, we've taken the magnesium, and we've put it all into a product called Sleep Naturally. It's a sachet that you pour into water, you stir into water and you drink it before going to bed at night. It's not going to, it's going to somewhat help you fall asleep more easily, but it's going to profoundly improve the quality of your sleep so that this cortisol does not cause the damage and increase the long-term anxiety. So those are the two products I recommend for people to start with, stress damage control and sleep naturally. There are top-up things you can take if you have uh, panic attacks, severe worry, severe anxiety and depression, we can chat about, but the most important things for everybody to take would be stress damage control, followed by sleep naturally if there is a sleep issue, because the underlying sleep issue is often a trigger for everything that comes later. Okay, so I know someone is going to ask this in the comments at some point. Um, are you still there, Brent? Yes, you're here. Okay. Uh, yes. I know I know someone is going to ask this in the comments at some point, so before we get into the, the rest of it, Okay, so we go, we get this, these two products, we take them. People are are very accustomed to a quick fix. You take a disparate mm. your head, it goes away. You take antibiotics mm. in two to four days, whatever it is, is gone. You take a sleeping pill, you fall asleep immediately, right? Yes. With these things that I have now written on my paper to go to Dischem with, how long do we have to take this medication in right. order to firstly, no, physi physiologically not feel or see a difference, but for it to be making a difference. And then when will it start to make us feel better? Right. Okay. So in terms of when it physiologically starts, physiologically, physiologically in terms of the cortisol coming down, starts within a few days. Okay. I mean, it literally quick. In terms of when you notice the benefit, tricky one to answer. It often depends on how long it's been taken to develop. So for example, if we, if we talk about depression later on, depression can take a profoundly long time to treat. Yeah. Sometimes six weeks to two months before you start noticing a benefit. Okay. Because it took two or three years for the condition to manifest. And if it took two or three years for your neurotransmitters in your brain to go down, it's not instantly going to be better. Just like if you can imagine if you've got a wound, let's say you've got a burn on your hand, and let's say it's quite a severe burn. And the moment you put on an anti-burn ointment, is it within one day the burn is disappeared? No, it's gonna take weeks yeah. for that burn to disappear, even though you're applying it every day. Okay. So if you don't have that level of expectation for a burn wound, one mustn't also have that level of expectation to restore neurotransmitters and restore health to damaged nerve ends in the brain that took years to manifest. Having said that, generally with things like stress and um, sleep, you normally notice the benefit within a week. For anxiety, maybe two to three weeks. And for depression, it can take um, one or two months. Okay. Next um, question. So, so, I've lost you again. 
don't be expecting after after hmm. I lost you again. Can Sorry, you don't 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 be expecting. Um, don't be expecting a result within one or two days. Expect at least a week before these things start working, okay. and up to two months in the case of depression. Okay, I've I was researching um, adaptogens not so long ago because obviously I was trying to mitigate stress and sleep and anxiety and all of the things that I had, and I was reading that you shouldn't take them long term. So how, what is how long sh can we be taking these two products? How long should we be looking at? Like when should we take a break? Is it a cycle? How are we taking this? Right. Okay. So the, the unfortunate thing is many not adaptogens are labeled as adaptogens. So adaptogens, you can certainly take life long, your oh. whole life long, because adaptogens will, will bring cortisol down when cortisol is too high. It'll bring cortisol up when it's too low. Okay. Um, uh, magnesium, glycine, theanine, these are amino acids that are found in food. So it's almost like saying, I've heard blueberries and tomatoes are healthy for me. How long shall I eat blueberries and tomatoes? Forever. Well, if it's healthy for you, all yeah. life long. Um, the same with any from, from, from food sources. Since these are food sources, and since these are not raising cortisol, they are, they are working healthily in a, a, for a lifelong problem, which is stress, you never come off them. Okay. It's like saying, how long must I eat food? You eat them every day of your life. Okay. Now, now, if your, your depression or anxiety is relieved, then you can come say off some of the antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicines, which we'll talk about later. But, uh, but certainly the ones I've spoken about now would be lifelong, lifelong things. If there are natural medicines which you are going to come off, so let's say, for example, you're taking something for extreme exhaustion. We have a product that's for extreme exhaustion, not depression or anxiety, but absolute burnout. Um, I've taken that. The, the product's called burnout. I've taken that. Burnout. Um, so, so that is a product that energizes, but when you no longer need it, let's say after eight weeks, which is normally how long it takes to, to restore your energy levels, then you can stop taking it, mm. uh, much like a medicine. So it is on a case, on a product-by-product product basis. So burnout for energy, eight weeks. Stress damage control and sleep naturally all lifelong if you need to. I've recommended burnout to everyone just off the top, off, off just going on a tangent. Yeah. Burnout saved my life. I'm, I'm not even yeah. joking. It, it was one of the best things I ever discovered. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're talking about cortisol, stress, all of that. Right, so I have anxiety, diagnosed, have always had it. It's become progressively worse the older I've gotten and the less I've slept, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But cortisol, anxiety, get anxious, cortisol, obviously, stress hormone. <laughs> Um, it's a vicious cycle. So how are we managing anxiety? We'll start there. Okay, fine. So um, once again, anxiety is triggered by high levels of cortisol. So anything that can bring cortisol down will help treat anxiety. So we've, we've already touched on uh, stress damage control that should helpfully bring it down. And then um, magnesium can bring it down. And then that same amino acid theanine that I spoke about mm. can also bring down anxiety levels. But there's another hormone that's not about what you want to bring down the cortisol but what you want to bring up in your brain now hormones in the brain are called neurotransmitters mm. and the neurotransmitter serotonin is the hormone that is responsible for good mood and reduced anxiety okay. that is why you sometimes find pharmaceutical antidepressants are also prescribed for anxiety even in the absence of depression. And that is because that same serotonin hormone is independently responsible for both depression and uh, anxiety. Or let's say the lack of that hormone okay. is responsible for, for depression and anxiety. And you can raise uh, serotonin two ways. The first is not going to be a surprise. The second is going to be a big surprise. The first is you take a nutrient which the brain uses as a precursor to serotonin and that is called 5-HTP. I so have five, that. Right. I so have five, that. Brilliant. Yes. So 5-HTP, his proper name is 5-hydroxytryptophan okay. and the proper name for serotonin is 5-hydroxytryptamine. So you can see that the one is just a precursor of the other. 5-HTP converts, converts into serotonin in the brain. Serotonin converts into melatonin, the sleeping hormone. Oh. So tryptophan can also help enhance sleep by converting into 5-HTP can convert into serotonin, which relieves anxiety, makes you happier, and that can convert into melatonin, which helps you sleep. And it's one of the reasons why you might have heard the story that maybe your mom told you, 
drink a glass of warm milk before going before to bed going, at night. Yes. And yes. the reason for that, milk is very high in tryptophan. And tryptophan is the precursor of 5-hydroxytryptophan, 5-HTP. So it's actually got high levels of this neurotransmitter, which, or of this amino acid, which converts into the antidepressant hormone and the sleep hormone. And so there's another home remedy for you, is a glass of warm milk. And why warm? Because if something's cold in your stomach, the body first has to warm it up to body temperature before the stomach releases it to be digested and absorbed. So it's just working a little bit quicker if it's warm because okay. the body doesn't need to warm it up. It can pass it straight through into the intestine where okay. it can be digested and absorbed. So you can also buy 5-HTP, um, which will help relieve um, anxiety and, and depression. Now, remember, the difference between anxiety and depression is anxiety is worry, is panic, yeah. is nervousness, yeah. is chickens. Yeah. Depression is almost the opposite. It's sadness, lethargy, loss of joy. You're not panicked, but you've lost all joy. You're no longer interested thing in things in life that you used to find interesting. And the one can lead to the other. Anxiety can certainly lead to depression, and they often do go hand in hand. But nicely, 5-HTP will raise serotonin to do both. The next thing that you're going to be amazed uh, that raises serotonin and can be used for anxiety and for and for good mood is making sure that the that the bacteria that live in your intestine are healthy. I've heard this. I've heard this. No, the what is it? The, the, the your gut brain connection or the, yes. or the gut. So so most of your happy hormone, most of your serotonin, is actually not produced in your brain. It's produced by the intestine. But the intestine only produces this happy hormone, this anti-anxiety hormone, if it's healthy. If the intestine is unhealthy, particularly if it's inflamed, the production of serotonin stops. Okay. And have you ever heard the saying, I feel it in my gut? Yes, the yes. Not. Have you ever got a terrible fright and suddenly you needed to run to the toilet or the loo? Or if you're nervous, sometimes you have irritable bowel syndrome where you maybe have a loose tummy. That is because the brain and the intestine are both linked in, when it comes to stress, anxiety, and stress hormones. So it's one of the reasons why, if you have gut inflammation from low fiber diets, from too much alcohol, binge drinking, which kills bacteria, even from smoking cigarettes, this is gonna come as a shock, is the nicotine in cigarettes goes into the bloodstream, from the lungs, it goes into the bloodstreams, and from the bloodstream, it is secreted in every little bit of mucus that your body produces. There's always some of the nicotine in it. And you have a lot of mucus being secreted into the intestine. And this nicotine can kill those good bacteria. So, so alcohol excess, smoking, low fiber diet, um, can all kill the good bacteria, cause inflammation, and when that inflammation starts, the levels of serotonin produced by the gut goes down and you can suffer from depression and anxiety. So there is this whole trend now of what are known as psychobiotics. Psychobiotics are, is the replenishment of good bacteria into the gut, those good bacteria that have been proven to raise serotonin levels. And in particular, the two that I've been researching is lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason I like those two is one loves the small intestine, one loves the large intestine and researching that for improving mood and relieving anxiety. And so we've put those two probiotics into our probiotic maximum potency. And it's maximum potency because it contains high levels of these two probiotics and therefore does not make it an inexpensive product. But you get what you pay for with probiotics because probiotic capsules can sometimes not contain much or contain the wrong, the wrong, the wrong strain. So if you have an unhealthy diet or if you are depressed and you suspect that it may be dietary related, then, then interestingly, to reduce anxiety and, and improve mood, you actually want to take something like Solol's uh, probiotic maximum potency to correct the intestinal bacteria in your, in your, in your gut. It's a strange thing to, to, to get one's head around, but, and this is new research. This is research from 2018 to current. Okay. So it's a new cutting edge and it's very, very interesting. I just wanted to say from just just from my perspective and i'm sure a lot of people listening to this or watching this are going to feel the same i'm looking at this and i'm going i'm the problem i'm the reason that i feel the way that i feel and it's 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 almost as if what you're saying uh it, it makes sense now it, it it's almost like a general knowledge thing like i'm not sleeping i don't eat well i binge drink every friday at least i smoke yeah. 
I smile. My camels and I go everywhere together. I live on caffeine. I don't eat breakfast. I eat no probiotic kind of foods. Um, I live off of caffeine everywhere. And, I'm, I, and then I sit and I, I think to myself, why am I anxious? What could it be? What is the trigger? It's me. I'm the trigger. So if you're just actually really, really honest with yourself, and if you're looking at your lifestyle and the way that you live, I really feel like you can find that core trigger that's brought this all on. And yes, there will be mitigating factors. There will be outside factors, trauma, um, experiences, all of these things. But I think that you could be better served to fix a trauma reaction by looking after your body and fixing it physiologically first. You're more resilient. You're more yes. resilient. A soldier yeah. is better able to fight his enemies if a soldier has a good gun, is fit and is healthy and is well shielded, versus a soldier that is uh, that is that is unhealthy, is unable, has no gun and has no protection. So the healthier your body is, the better, the more resilient it is to the damages of stress. And another thing I want to point out, you mentioned alcohol. Uh, another thing I want to point out about alcohol is that alcohol has got another un unfortunate side effect is that although alcohol does relieve anxiety in the short term alcohol, alcohol alcohol causes anxiety in the medium term and one of the ways it causes anxiety is alcohol depletes your body of magnesium alcohol actually flushes magnesium out of your body oh. have you ever heard of something called holiday heart syndrome no Okay, holiday heart syndrome is a syndrome that occurs over Christmas and New Year where there's an increase or a spike in the number of heart attack deaths. And, the heart, and it's related to binge drinking alcohol consumption over Christmas and New Year. And they've linked it to, they've linked it to fatal quivering heartbeats that occurs the days after drinking alcohol because you don't have enough magnesium in your body to maintain your heartbeat. Magnesium is responsible for healthy heartbeat. And if you flush the magnesium out of your body, you can go, your heart can go into a quiver and you die or you can die because you're not beating blood. You're just uh, quivering instead of actually pumping. And that's called holiday heart syndrome. It's a side effect of, 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 of too much alcohol um, caused by magnesium depletion. Now, remember I told you magnesium is also responsible for relieving anxiety and promoting sleep. Mm -hmm. So forget about the holiday heart syndrome and heart attacks for a moment. Oh. Alcohol is, often, is your biggest enemy when it comes to anxiety and insomnia because of its effects on removing magnesium, which I've just explained is so important for helping you sleep and for relieving anxiety. So, so alcohol is, a, is, a, is, a, is one to watch out for in, if one is worried about anxiety and sleep, let alone a healthy heart. No, 100%. Everything that you've just said. I mean, you know, my generation coined the term anxiety, and it's kind yes. of accepted that you're going to be bang babalas, anxious the next day. Exactly. But um, I've, I've definitely experienced the heart thing where you where you can yeah. hear, you, you should never be able to hear your heartbeat, right? But when you live with anxiety, you very often do. And I've noticed after a binge for the next day or two, I can hear my heartbeat and that gives now, me that more might, that might, Okay, so that might not be because of the magnesium. So I don't want to panic you unnecessarily. That could be due to dehydration. Because when, okay. when your blood vessels become dehydrated, instead of being round and pressurized, they become a little flabby. When they go flabby and the heartbeats go whoosh, they, 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 they flagellate. Is that the right word? Uh, when the heart, when the blood rushes through because they're a little bit pumped. Uh, so that's possibly what you're are but experiencing. Still, still, Brent, still, it's still not a good thing. It's still not no, a good no, thing. I no, should, we should not be feeling these things. Okay, no, last no. question on the anxiety side. Sure. Um, 5-HTP, I've also read that you shouldn't take it long term. What is, how long All do right. you take this for? Okay. Right, okay, so that's, there's a half-truth in that. Um, okay. So in the body, we have things called positive and negative feedback loops. An example of a negative feedback loop is where you take a substance and your body stops producing that substance in response. The perfect example is a bodybuilder that starts injecting himself with anabolic steroids. His body is going to stop producing his own testosterone in response to that anabolic steroid. And when he stops using the anabolic steroid, he's gonna be worse off because now he doesn't even have his own natural testosterone. That's called negative feedback. The body detects something and sends a negative feedback instruction for your body to stop producing that its own thing naturally okay. then you have something called positive feedback uh, um, and positive feedback is when your body your body if it's not if it hasn't got any of that substance the body doesn't want to make any of that substance if the body detects that substance then that is a trigger for the body to make more of that substance and that is how 5-HTP and antidepressants work. Okay. That it, the presence of serotonin, the presence of the happy hormone in the brain 
is the catalyst for the brain to make more serotonin. If the brain detects serotonin, it makes more serotonin. So it maintains the levels. But if for some reason that serotonin happy hormone declines, you get to the point where, well, now the brain doesn't detect it anymore and the brain doesn't make anymore. So it's all or nothing. It's either you've got enough or it spirals down into nothing. And that's because it's a positive feedback mechanism. Now, where you have a positive feedback mechanism, you've got to make sure the opposite applies to the testosterone. Instead of worrying about using it too long, with, with serotonin, you've got to worry about using something too short because you have to use it long enough. Something that raises serotonin, you must use it at least long enough for the levels to build up so that your brain detects it and then the brain can carry on doing it. Okay. At that point, you can come off it. But if you don't wait long enough, you might go up a little bit and down, a little bit and down because you haven't reached that level. So with antidepressants or with things that raise serotonin, yes, you might not want to use it lifelong, but you certainly don't want to only use it for a few weeks or a few months. Okay. Because that's not long enough to get the levels of serotonin up. So normally the sweet spot, if you're treating depression, is two years. That is normally, even for natural medicines and for pharmaceuticals, and it might be longer. I mean, if you have a, a, a physical condition where your brain cannot produce enough serotonin, just like some people can't produce sweat, they can't produce tears, some people can't produce serotonin or enough of it. It's a physical thing. And if that's the case, you need all the help you can get lifelong. Um, that is normally identified when somebody after two years feels fine, comes off their antidepressant, be it natural or not natural, mm. and they go down. If they go down, that's, that's often a trigger. Ah, this is a physical problem that needs lifelong uh, use. But I'm cautious to tell people with antidepressants that they must come off it too soon. Okay. That's unlike anxiety. Anxiety, medicines, pharmaceuticals, they use, the things that are used for panic and for anxiety, they are not normally antidepressants. I did mention to you earlier that antidepressants can be used for anxiety, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But you also get pure anti-anxiety medicines, medicines which are your benzodiazepines. These are very addictive and should only be used short term, otherwise you become dependent on them. And that's a bit of the difference between anxiety and depression. Anxiety, you can treat uh, for shorter periods of time. And with pharmaceuticals, if you're using the anxiety-specific medicines, known as benzodiazepines, you can normally identify them because they end with the word AM, PAM, um, as the ingredients. So if you look, forget about the brand names, look at the ingredients. Fluoronitrazepam, diazepam, lorazepam. They always end with an AM. That's a dead giveaway that it's an anxiety-specific medicine. And generally, one wants to try not to use those for prolonged periods of time or only use them when needed for a panic attack because they can become addictive and actually stop working if you use them continuously. Oh, wow. But your antidepressants, the things for sadness, not for the panic, but for the sadness, they can be used uh, uh, long-term. And when it comes to natural medicines, you don't have to ever have that concern about addiction, uh, short or long-term for anxiety or depression. Okay, so for depression, we've covered anxiety. So for depression, we're taking stress damage, sleep naturally, we're doing all the things, we're looking after our gut bacteria and all of the things. What is something else that we could we could do? Right, okay, so I only told you a half truth when I said that serotonin is the hormone that is used <laughs> for mood. There, is, there are another two hormones, one in particular, that also is responsible for mood in the brain, and that is dopamine. So, dopamine and uh, serotonin are your two main happy hormones. They are the two main antidepressant hormones in the brain, and you really want to ideally raise both of those for uh, relieving mood. And there is a, an amino acid called S-adenosylmethionine. And before you write it down, it's shortened to the word SAMI. S-adenosylmethionine, M is the M-E at the end, SAMI. But it's spelled S-A-M-E. So it's spelled the way you spell the word same. Same, okay. Um, S-A-M-E, S-adenosylmethionine. It is a type of protein which, uh, which blocks the enzymes in your brain, not completely blocks them, but partially blocks the enzymes in your brain that break down serotonin and dopamine. And thereby you get a gradual increase of these two neurotransmitters. Okay. Um, so, uh, Sammy, ideally it needs to be enteric coated, and it's coated in a, in, a, in a coating that protects from stomach acid, because it is quite sensitive, it can be destroyed by stomach acid. So, at Solol, what we've done is we've taken these tablets 
uh, chamois, and we've coated them in the is in the enteric coating to to protect them. Now, the nice thing about chamois also is it is one of the most powerful liver protectors and liver detoxifiers. So, if one drinks alcohol, if one is worried about liver inflammation and damage to the liver that can be caused by alcohol, but also by those stress hormones, and remember, I said when the liver becomes inflamed inflammatory markers, inflammatory chemicals are released into the bloodstream. And these inflammatory chemicals cause obesity, they cause uh, heart attacks, and they cause diabetes. Um, uh, it's one of the reasons why, for example, it was always thought fruit sugar, fructose, is so much healthier for you than glucose, because from a diabetic point of view, because fructose doesn't cause the release of insulin, but glucose does cause the release of insulin. Well, it's found now that fructose actually might be more damaging and more likely to cause diabetes, even though it has no effect on insulin, because fructose causes the liver to become inflamed and releases inflammatory chemicals into the blood. And these inflammatory chemicals independently cause diabetes and heart attacks. So it's one of the reasons why fructose, and you get these often inside um, soft drinks and, and things high, High corn, fruct high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, it's just added sugar um, in terms of harming the, the health. But what I'm saying is, Sammy, here's an example of a natural medicine that instead of having unhealthy side effects in treating the depression, has got a healthy side effect of actually protecting your liver. This is this is what I need. Okay, so someone's listening now, and they're going, okay, so Lyle seems great. Yes. I'm going to go, right? And I know because I've done this, right? And you stand in front of the Salal display and you look at all of it and you're like, oh, well, what now, <laughs> right? Is there a way that someone who has a condition that we haven't covered yet or maybe yes. something that we have, but they, they're looking for something else. Is there a way that they can get in touch with someone at Salal or you or someone to, to oh, help right. them? Okay, so that's so that's exactly it. What Solal, one of the things Solal specializes is we actually have a team of medical experts, not just experts, not just lay people, but medically qualified people to answer questions free of charge. So what they can do, and some of those questions come to me, but they get filtered. So the, so some, the, the team and then some of the, it depends who's best qualified to, to, to answer. Um, so they can find 0800 Solal. Let me just double check that number's correct, because sometimes I just want to be 100% sure. Um, Solo 08600. It's either 0860 or 08600. Um, yeah, it's the, the phone number is 08600 Solo. Okay. So you know when you look at your when you look at your um, when you look at your phone, where you disappear to? Sorry, um, Danny. Here you are. <laughs> I'm here. I'm, so I'm when here. you look at the phone, you see the keypad. You yeah. Top press. Solal, S-O-L-A-L, 0800 Solal, or you can go to our website, www.solal, S-O-L-A-L.co.za, and there will be a link that you click on, an email link you click on to, to send any questions uh, you have. Stunning, and we can obviously... It can be overwhelming. It is, it is, of course it is. But also, I think it's overwhelming in the sense as well that there is so much information. And like I've I've brought it up with you, you know, I've done research and on everything and you hear that you shouldn't be taking this long term. You should take this long term. There's so yes. much that you yeah. don't know which one, right? But food, I, after food, is it important? That, you know, all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I think, I think the message for today is, is that yes it is helpful to take these things and yes it will help you but your lifestyle must be good first and i yeah. think foundation is far more important than the structure at this point and i think Absolutely. we really need to bring it back and we need to be sleeping like you say we need to be moving our bodies we need to get sun exposure we need to be doing the things that we know are good for us first and then perhaps tackling the other things. Um, and I really do feel like if you were tackling things like depression or anxiety through this way, plus doing talking therapy, I really feel like you're at a really good point holistically mm. to change exactly. your life. Yeah, That's right, you're doing everything you can. Okay, so one more time, website, where do we find you? Where do we find your company and, and okay. all the things? So, um, so you can either phone to speak to one of our experts, 08600 Solal, S-O-L-A-L, or go to our website, www.solal, S-O-L-A-L.co.za, and on there you'll get a link to be able to email one of our medical experts. Stunning. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. You are coming back. I'll set that oh, up. But to. thank Thanks. you. Thank you very much for your time. And I'm going to go and unpack all of my Salal now and start <laughs> taking it.
Danny, thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much. Cool. Cheers, hey. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, you can catch the full video on exotv.me and you can meet us in kind of real life. Thanks to DJ Chuck for the music. You can catch him at www.chucksprosound.co.za. New episodes on Jackpod and ExoTV every Monday. Love you.